everybody. I'm Katie, and with me, as always... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. All right. I am, like, a mentally exhausted. Like, I don't have a physically demanding job, but today I had to think when I was teaching, and apparently that is just too much for my brain to handle. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to bring back jacket talk, and it was a sad day. <sighs> I know. Sad day. It was sad. They went to overtime... I thought they could pull it out. I mean, they were only in overtime for like 15 seconds. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I thought, well, it, when the other team scored two goals in the first period and in, uh, in like under two minutes, I would thought we were in big trouble then. Yeah, that's true. So between Katie being mentally exhausted and me being depressed from the jackets, not a lot of zany banter today. I don't know that we ever have a lot of zany banter because I don't know what qualifies as zany banter. That's true. Uh, it's usually talk of dairy and something else. I don't know. Talk of what? Dairy? Dairy. Like, you oh, know, dairy. dairy. Yeah. You eat dairy. I have a speedy freeze instead. Does that have dairy in it? No, but I. it's just what I have. No orange slices, right. though. Yeah, Speedway's being a jerk. They did give us a bunch of points, so I feel good about that. Yeah, they gave us points for uh, orange slices, but we can't ever use them for orange slices. Because we can't find orange slices, so I got to use them for speedy freezes. I hope they don't read; they don't like take it back or something. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. It was only five thousand. It wasn't that many. So I have no concept of what speedy points is a lot or a little. I'm like, oh, okay. It takes twelve hundred to get a speedy freeze. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So there you go. That now you have the concept. <laughs> okay, I've, I understand. I can I can get exchange rates and speedy freezes like. <laughs> actual money i don't know but speedy freeze okay i can that's a commodity i'm familiar with so if we're in canada you just say how many loons is a speedy freeze (laughs) and then you'll be able to compare loonies not loons whatever it's made up funny money the loon is on loony actually the loonies and the toonies make more sense than the the monopoly money well that's true that is true Mm. all right this is derailing i mean we love you canada really (laughs) You're all so nice, and I would love to go to Tim Hortons right now and get a jelly. But instead, we're going to talk about Kickstarter news. All right, I have one today. Because you're excited about this. Yeah, big shock, I know. But yes, this is one I was super excited about. Um, Keyword there is was. And this is the Hamburg and Amsterdam first Kickstarter for the Steffenfeld City Collection from Queen. And Hamburg is a reprint of Bruges with expansions. Amsterdam is a reprint of Macau with some tweaks and some streamlining and stuff. So this is on Kickstarter now. It has 18 days to go. And it has, for the base pledge of each game, so there's a base and a deluxe. The base pledge of each game is $65 plus shipping, which brings brings that bad boy up to $80. <laughs> and for the deluxe, it's $130. Or no, wait. It's $130 for both. If you want one deluxe, it's $99 plus shipping. So out of your cheapskate price range. Oh, that's insane. There's no, like, there's no way. And I know how Queen Games work where, you know, they'll print all these games and then they'll go on Amazon and be $15 in a couple months. <laughs> At least you hope. That's true. That hasn't happened with Merlin yet, so maybe that <laughs> the new games are not going to be doing that. But or you know, Miniature Market will have it for forty bucks, and then you know you've backed this thing for eighty dollars when you could get it for half the price if you just wait a little bit. So I'm just going to wait a little bit and see what happens. But if you're interested in that and you want it in, I think it's June 2021, 
is what the Kickstarter said, then you can go throw down a couple hundos and you can get these games. So Queen Kickstarter, Hamburg, Amsterdam. Stefan Feld probably had to make them so expensive to pay for the restraining order against you and Joel. <laughs> the legal That's fees true. alone. <laughs> I actually brought that up to somebody like a couple days ago. <laughs> Creeper. That's hilarious. I have never played Macau because we don't own it and it's super hard to find, nor do I know anything about it. And I have, I apparently, I have played Bruges and I thought I Bruges. remembered it. But apparently I don't because when you were talking about it and I listened to Rado's run through of Hamburg, I was like, what game is that? So maybe I need to play Bruges again. You remember building the little canal? There's like these little colored canals and you're getting like these uh, little pie shaped bits that are coming that are like plagues. You don't remember any of that? I remember the idea of getting plagues. I don't remember anything about canals or any of that business. Oh, yeah, you need to play Bruges again. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was only one time, and I don't... I Yeah, I need to play again. I'm not really good at games if I've played them once. If I'm not really super wanting to play them, I'll be like, yeah, I'll play it because you want to play it, and then I won't remember what it was about. But I would... It's an, I, It didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth, at least. So I would play it again, but I obviously don't remember it. So, yeah, I mean, this Kickstarter seems okay. Yeah. All right, well, that's all my news, so you can go ahead and... Your stuff. There are going to be more, right? I think so. They showed boxes for four of them. There's New York and there's Marrakesh, but those aren't running right now. Okay. But I think there's even more after those four, but they've only ever shown the first four. Okay, that's what I was thinking because I thought I thought there was more than two, but that makes sense. Okay, I want to talk about a game that I'm super. I don't know if I'm super interested in the game, but I am way interested in the IP, and that is the Umbrella Academy game. So, um, the game and the artwork are really based more on the comics, which are by Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance fame, but I don't know any songs by My, my Chemical Romance because I miss that emo phase in my life. The Black, Welcome to the Black Parade. I don't know that song. I know oh. that's the name of a song that they have. I don't know sing it. Sing it for the boys. Sing it for the girls. You don't know that one? I don't think so oh my gosh oh my gosh all right keep going keep going i don't listen to that crap anyway but i do like the umbrella academy which um has seasons one and two on netflix if you at all like sci-fi you need to check it out it is such a good show it deviates from the comics which are also good um but like the soundtrack is phenomenal and the story is really good it's just good but back to the actual game this is a card game and so the artwork is based on the comics um, and in the card game, you play one of the Hargreaves siblings, and they all have like a sp- have special powers, and they are doing crime fighting. So you've got several of these villains that they're going to work against. So you lay out, I forget how many villains for a round. They all kind of, they work together, and then there's like a, a final batter to fight like the supervillain. So then you and whoever else you're playing with, it's a cooperative game. You've got certain cards that allow you to either um, attack or heal yourself or someone else in the family, or they're like story cards that are kind of about you and like kind of build, like set up for some other things to happen later in the game. I didn't quite get what they were doing. So at first it almost sounded like a deck builder, but you're not getting new cards, I don't think. There are like family dysfunctions and stuff that can happen that can like weaken you or make the fight worse. But you lay out these attack cards, and once there's an attack card underneath, like, every villain, like, you get to use your special power. So I'm a little confused on the gameplay, but I really love the theme. Um, 
And it might be an interesting little card game. Like it doesn't look overly complex, but still interesting in that world of the Umbrella Academy. So there's 14 days left on the Kickstarter and it's only 25 bucks, which I think is a pretty decent price point for being an IP and being just cards. I mean, a lot of cards, different types of cards, but still cards. Yeah, I remember looking at this one, I think last week, and I wasn't completely turned off by it. But then again, I didn't know how exactly it did play. I'm kind of with you on that. Right. You're playing some cards and then at some point, you can start fighting those cards. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's kind of different. Yeah. Yeah, but it might be something to check out, especially since I do love the Umbrella Academy. <sighs> the show is so good. What, uh, the last one I have is actually an expansion, and it's Western Legends Blood Money. So this is the second and, according to them, final expansion for Western Legends. Um, a game that I have never played, but is a sandbox game set in the West where you can kind of go about making points however you want to. Either you're, you know, doing outlaw things, you're gambling, you're mining, all kinds of stuff that you can do. And I like the concept of it. Um, I just keep seeing games played with like a lot of people and they take like 20 hours and I I just can't do that all the time. Um, But I've considered, but so Blood Money is this news expansion and so it's supposed to be like for the most risky, risk taking kind of players because you have some riskier like I don't want to say jobs. I don't know what they call them in the game. I don't, I don't, occupations? I'm not sure. But there's like a bounty hunter or a con man, a saloon owner. And then there are these this deck of injury cards. So during the course of the game, you could develop an injury that could permanently hinder you. There's also this dice that maybe a die that you can roll. And it is like you could get an injury from that or you could get like a possible boon and hit some fortune there so there are these different types of jobs they've added some new things that you can do um identities and and um weapons and and legendary items so if you enjoy western legends this looks like it'd be a really cool expansion there's four days left that kickstarter though so definitely check that out and just the expansion itself is 30 bucks so that's i think fairly decent Especially for that kind of a popular game, like I was surprised that the expansion was only $30. Yeah, so two things. This is pusher luck. That's what it sounded like. I think that there are opportunities for that, yes. And I'll believe this is the last expansion, like I believe this is Kiss's last tour. (laughs) It said final installment at least twice in the description. (laughs) Well, Kiss has had like five farewell tours, so we'll see. But not everyone is as greedy as Gene Simmons. That is true. Well, that is true. I don't that even think I should say his name true. because he's probably going to find out and try and get money off of the episode from us. Yeah, I'll bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. I want to play Western Legends. I would really like to try it. I would probably not like to try it at max player count, but I think it, it seems like something, I, an experience I'd like to have. Yeah, I would play it once, probably at like three. That would be a good number, I think. Well, you get bent out of shape about games like this. And I feel like this should be my ideal game because I like games where you have lots of paths to victory and people can kind of do their own thing. And so I feel like this game is like the ultimate in that. It seems too mean for me. That's my only hang up, I think. But But that's only if someone wants to be mean as a way to win. Well, maybe inevitably, if we play it, somebody will play it as mean. We don't play with those jerks. Yes, we do. We don't let them play with us when we play this, those jerks. Uh. I don't know who who you're talking about, but... Brandon likes to play like that sometimes. Yeah. Although he stopped. I think I'm wearing him down. <laughs> We've disparaged so we'll him enough. <laughs> Quit being such a jerk. He's not. No. We always accuse him of, like, 
playing co-op with people in a competitive game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Hicks family co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It's ridiculous. So that's the last one I have. Western Legends Blood Money. Four days left. $30. Cool, cool. Okay, so let's talk about some games that we played this week. Mm-hmm. So two of these three games we both played together. Yep. And one of them I played with other people, and I'll talk about that one at the end. Good idea, because I can't talk about it since I didn't play it. Yeah, that's true. But you said you could talk to any single thing that I talked about. So Oh, I'm see I, how well I you can do. talk about it. You Don't you worry. <laughs> All right, so the first game that we both played together is the Harry Potter House Cup competition game from the Op or USAopoly, whatever you prefer. And this is a worker placement game set in the Harry Potter universe. You're trying, you're taking on one of the roles of the four houses, and you're trying to score the most points in the house cup by some worker placement, um, some uh, leveling up, completing some challenges, all that type of jazz. And you're playing over seven rounds, and every couple rounds, a new location is going to come out on the space for you to go to. So there's more opportunities, more ways to level up, more ways to score points. Um, it was an okay game, it was fairly light. As far as I'm concerned, it might have been a little too light, but the IP really kind of made it better. So I think if this wasn't a Harry Potter game, I probably would have checked out before the seventh round. But since it was a Harry Potter game, I enjoyed it a little bit more. And that hourglass thing was really cool to keep track of your points. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love Harry Potter, obviously. Um, I wish there had been more to do because I felt like there was one way to win and I didn't really do it. (laughs) um so i don't like that but maybe i just need to play it again i'd be willing to give another go for sure but it was really light i wish there was like another track or like another type of set collection thing or you know something else which is really adding to complexity um but i think like the components were pretty cool and i think the idea is neat i just don't know if it's quite there for me but i would totally play it again just to see so what it needs is a Ministry of Magic track that slaps you around. That, co- that comes in and slaps you around at the end of every second, fourth, and sixth round. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted the Ministry of Magic to come slap me around. I actually think an happen. event deck would be great. So maybe sometimes that it is, is cool. a Ministry of Magic slapping you around, or it's a Dumbledore giving you extra house points because he loves you the best, or you know whatever. Or it's chasing the red herring that is Draco and Snape. <laughs> But Draco's in the game, so I don't know <laughs> oh, that you want true. to use that. It'd have <laughs> it to just be, the be Snape. Snape. Red herring. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh. Uh, so another game that we played, which we have played before, but we didn't get a full playing of, and that is Terraforming Mars. And um, I have held out on playing this game for so long because it's space. And I hate space. And I understand it's space is mostly a paste on theme in a lot of games, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. The artwork is ugly. The flavor text is boring. I don't care about space. I'm the person who wants to defund NASA, apparently. Like, I just don't like that as a game theme. And I really can't tell you why, because I am a Trekkie and I love Star Wars too. Like, it's not like I never watch a space show or movie, I just don't want to play games about it, like, ever. So everyone's like, oh, Terraforming Mars is an engine builder. And I'm like, well, I I do love engine builders. Um, 
So we finally played through the whole thing and I, I really liked it. So you, your turn is based on playing cards for the most part that you have, which are going to give you actions, raise different levels of production, allow you to place things out on a map so that you can terraform Mars. So adding land, adding water, increasing the oxygen, increasing the temperature so that it can become habitable. That's your theme. Um, and then really you're just trying to find ways to generate the most points. The first time we played it and we didn't play the whole game through, um, I really felt like I had some good engines going with my cards and I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be good. And I was getting ready to just like slay the crap out of everybody. This next time, um, the cards didn't quite jive as well, but I was able to take a different direction. So I was like putting a bunch of stuff out on the map, putting out a lot of land and oceans and just doing things differently. And so I like that about this game, that there's different things to do and different ways to get points. And so while I wasn't collecting, like meeting a lot of those goals, like that I probably should have, like where you buy into end of round goals, um, I was getting a lot of map points wise, which really helped me at the end. Although I still lost by one point, which I'm only slightly bitter about. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up, but <laughs> since you brought it up. I am going to be transparent and honest. <laughs> it was close. I thought I was going to lose. I was ahead for a lot of the game and all of a sudden I was like, oh crap, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> That's how I like I to always, play uh, too. <laughs> I always over or, um, you know, underestimate the in-game stuff. And then it comes over and I get like, you know, I, don't, I get three points, you get like 50 and then I, I lose. But that didn't happen this time, which was nice. That's true. One point though. It was only one point. Let's not like break your arm congratulating yourself. That's true. I want to break my arm, okay? <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like this game, and I, I'm still torn if I think this is an engine builder or not. Mm, I don't think it has to be. Yeah, I don't think it has to be either. You can play it without doing that. You can play cards that are only a one-time power. Yeah. You can play cards that are just giving you extra actions that don't really go with each other. But, I mean, I guess there will always be a little bit of engine building because you're going to be looking at some of the other like tags on the cards, like the space tag and Jovian and all those little symbols. So there will be some, but I just feel like that's like a, I don't know, a prerequisite or something. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel engine building to me really. Yeah, I would I agree I with know. you. I thought the first time my cards happened to come out in an engine building type way, um, but they didn't this time. And so you just have to, you just do other things. I think it can be played with that more engine building aspect, but I don't think it's absolutely necessary, but I do like it. Um, we played it at two and at three. And I think both were kind of okay. It has, it does, it can lend towards AP because you're like, hey, what's the best choice and what can I do? I, I don't have that necessarily because I'm like, okay, I've only got a couple options and I only have a little bit of money. I don't know that I want to play it at more than three, that's for sure. Yeah, I played it at four. I would highly not recommend that. <laughs> so yeah, that's Terraformers. Yeah, that's good. Good. All right, and the last one I want to talk about is one that you haven't played. But I did a video on it, and this game was sent to me by Tim from Board Game Rundown, which is a really good channel. You should go check them out if you haven't. Tim! Uh, and this game is called Conclusio from Puzzling Pixel. So this is a little deduction game. It's all cards. 
you're going to have a hand of five cards or six if you get a special roll facing you that you're going to be able to play. And you're going to have one card that's facing out to everybody else that you're trying to figure out what it is. So the way this game works is you're going to take one of the cards from your hand and you're going to play it down in front of you. The person to your left is going to tell you if that card has either the same number, same color, or the same shape as the card that's facing them that you're trying to figure out. So what you're going to be doing is you're going to be trying to figure out, you're going to be having some rows of stuff in front of you of stuff that isn't showing on your card and stuff that is showing. Because even the no stuff is just as important as the yes stuff because it helps you whittle some stuff down. And you're trying to be the first person to guess what your card is in your hand to win the game. Hmm. That's it. it. It doesn't sound that interesting, but when you're playing it, it is super fun. So this may be one that you're interested in. I, I know you don't like that Hanabi stuff where stuff's flipped around looking at everybody else. But it's literally could just be a card that's on the table. But the only reason everybody else is seeing it is because they have to give you some information. So it's it's not as bad as a knobby or games like that. So I think you might like it. Yeah, I, I was kind of like, oh, not sure because I really didn't like Hanabi. But um, the fact that you talked about, like I was watching you guys play it a little bit, like I caught a little bit of it. It seemed like there was more ways to make sense of things and to use... A bit more deduction. I feel like Hanabi was just a lot of guesswork and it was annoying to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to give it a go. And of course, Tim, some call him Tim, does a lot of cool stuff. And so I'm thankful that he kind of passed it on to us. And it'd be nice if someone who liked minis, you know, wanted to like be a part of the board game mechanics or something. I mean, we could <laughs> always find room for them in our channel. <laughs> And uh, have like a symbiotic relationship, <laughs> you know, like those birds that ride on rhinos that eat off the bugs. That would be nice. Is that a weird metaphor? I don't know, but I feel like it's a nice it's one. A, it's, it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little weird. Yeah. I mean, but it's all right. we're just pretty okay. What can you say? I'm not, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, this is all off the cuff, so I didn't really think through a good metaphor on that one, but you get me, Tim. You, you get me. That, I mean, you can't think it through too much because again pretty okay if you thought it through too much it would just be regular okay oh well we can't have that no <laughs> we don't want people to think that we're professionals here we're just uh winging it daily winging it pretty much all right so those are the games we played all right so last week we talked about the best small footprint games. Games you can play on like a coffee table or a little square card table. You know, they don't take up a lot of room, but they're still are fun to play. So this week we went to the opposite end of the spectrum. We talked about games that are large and in charge. They are table hogs. They take up a lot of room. You know they're there. You're reaching across the table, knocking stuff over. That just might be me because <laughs> you've got so much to cover. And I felt like we had a lot more of these in our collection than we did small games. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, every shelf is this game, <laughs> with, like, maybe a couple exceptions. <laughs> so, clearly, we love we love big games, we cannot lie. So, the first one I want to talk about is Champions of Midgard by Gray Fox. Um, this game, like, the board is huge, number one. It's just large. That is true. The, the playmat streamlines it a little bit, but it's still super still, long. Still, the playmat is big. Like, the playmat <laughs> is true. big. Like, I it cannot reach from one end to the other seated. No way. <laughs> um, like, d those ships down there that are going off to fight stuff, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, someone's going to have to put me down there. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. 
And then you've got all your resources to place everywhere. You've got some stuff that's done in front of you, your collection, like you've got your rune cards, you've got your own special goals, you've got, you know, the people are going in and out, your dice workers. Um, if you're playing with Valhalla, you've got those extra little bits then too. So it's just a lot of stuff going on everywhere on this game. And you have to have a space to put it or you cannot play it. If you don't know about Champions of Midgard, should I talk about the game? Yeah, why not? Okay, so this is a a Viking-themed game where there is lots of different things going on. It's worker placement via, I mean, and there's resource management, I guess. There's lots of stuff happening. So you're going out and you can go fight trolls that are going to come attack the village or other monsters in the mountains. You can go sailing to other lands and fight monsters out to sea. You can go hunting to collect food, um, collecting firewood. You're going to like the mystic hut and getting runes and, you know, finding your destiny, which is like in-game goals and things like that. Um, just, I w- is worker placement the main mechanic? I- I'd say so. Yeah, there's worker placement, and then there's like role for resolution for some battling. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the the gist. Which is not hu- a huge part of it, but it still is a decent part of it. Which is why we like to play with the Valhalla expansion, which you don't get penalized as badly for failed rolls. You can then still gain a benefit um, for your warriors that you've that don't win you the battle, um, and then you can trade them in for some really good benefits later. So it is a great game, classic. Um, I really love it with the Valhalla expansion, but it's not, you don't have to. The other expansion is Mount Dark, Dark Mountains. Mountains, which is like more of extra things to fight, which if you... Yeah, it's like extra baddies. Yeah, so if you like that about the base game, then Dark Mountain is great too. I think we play with both Dark Mountain and Valhalla, um, yep. which again, takes up a lot of space, but it is a fun game. It has a lot going on, but it's not really that complicated. You're just placing workers and then resolving each of the spaces. But it is a really fun game, and I do love the Viking theme. So my first pick for large games is Champions of Midgard. Yeah, that does take up a lot of room, for sure. There's no way that's going to fit on a card table. No, no. No way. I mean, maybe if you played the base game and everybody had little like TV trays for their own player board <laughs> and stuff, maybe. But yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. That mat's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is huge. And I actually for the first couple of times I played this You didn't like I it. Read the, no, I didn't like it because I was I played the rule wrong about rolling the dice. I thought you got one roll and then if you didn't defeat it you lost. But then you just lose a die or however many dice the monster hits you with is how many you lose and then you can re roll to try to kill the monster again. Oh. So that makes it better and way easier to actually win. Mm. And then, so, then Valhalla's maybe not as important as we thought. <laughs> well, no, you're you're still burning through some dice, but it does make it easier to, you know, if you're losing those dice every, you're rolling three times to kill this monster, you may lose six dice. So Valhalla's still worth it. But one roll, you're never going to get anywhere, and that sucked. It, it, it did, but I still liked the game even then. But now, wow, yeah, maybe we need to play true. it again. Yeah, I played it with Brandon with those. Well, I played it a couple times with those rules, the real rules, and it was it was really good. Cool. All right, so the first game I want to talk about, when you first set it up on the table, it doesn't look big, 
but it's deceiving. And that game is called Legacy, the Testament of Duke DeCresci. I'm not sure how you say his last name, but sure, we'll say DeCresci. So this is a game about building a family tree. So when you're first setting up the game, it's a little little board that has some actions that you can select on it from some worker placement style. And everybody has a, a small-ish player board. And a couple, like a man and a, a woman, head of their family set of cards. The trick here with this one is as you're playing the game, your family is going to expand. And your family tree is going to get huge. So by the end of the game, you may have 20 or 30 cards out in front of you in this pyramid shape. And if you have four people doing that... This game just explodes with stuff everywhere, and you're going to run out of room really quickly. So uh, that's why I put this one on this list, because one, it's fun and I enjoy it. And two, I don't think I've played a game that actually takes up more table space with just cards than this one. So that's the legacy of the Testament of Duke Takeshi. Yeah, I like that it has like a, just a very unique theme also. And there still are a lot of cards out there, even at the beginning, like... You have a couple people in front of you. You've got then all the choices that are out there. You, I'm, and then not only are you adding like family members and their children, which takes up space, but if they like contribute to a building or any of that, those are extra cards too that are coming out. You've got cards in your hands and that you've discarded for other things. You've got your money. Like it is just a lot of crap on the table. Yeah, I should probably tell you about the game. Well, how the game plays a little bit. I didn't say any of that. So, um, this is a worker placement game. Uh, you're trying to marry off your daughters or sons to keep your family line going. And you're trying to have kids with those family members. Your kids may die during birth, which is really sad. And you're trying to give your family members mansions. You're trying to give them titles. You're trying to do good works for the city. And all this is done through some worker placement on like a central board that everybody shares so that can get blocked off. Or on your own personal player board. You're trying to earn friends because friends are how you're going to get to take extra actions. And you're going to use these friends to turn into your spouses and all that stuff. So it's a pretty simple worker placement game. But the way you're building your family tree is really interesting. So I like this one. That's Legacy, Testament, Duke to Crushy. Yeah. Uh, so my next one is no surprise. We've talked about it many times before and we both really enjoy it. And that is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. And not only do you have a fairly large size player board, but the game board itself is also huge because you've got three, three, four? I don't know what you're talking about. Towers, the towers. Yes, four towers. You've got four separate towers on there that are like, I don't know, five cards high or six, something like that? I think four. Four. It's only four cards? Yes, I think so. Oh, okay. We just played this not that long ago, and for some reason I can't remember. So you've got... I know, I can't ever remember stuff like that. Enough room for four cards to be stacked up. You've got other worker placements on the board. So in Lorenzo Magnifico, you've got your own kind of set of family members um, that are going to do actions for you. And you determine the strength of the action by these this common set of dice that are rolled. And the color of the dice match each of your different family members, which are your workers. Um, so you're trying to... Um, Keep up on the faith track so the Catholic Church, when it attacks, doesn't slap you around too badly. Yes, you said you. attack. Yes, yes. Um, you want to get cards that can give you end-of-game points, cards that you can run in these two separate engines that you can build. Um, you've got end-of-game goals, extra like wealthy patron cards that can come into play. 
Um, there is a lot of stuff going on in Lorenzo. And because of that, there is just stuff everywhere. The board is huge. Your player boards are pretty good size too. You've got cards that don't even lay on your player board that lay off to the side of your player board. And even your goods and resources that don't even go on the board itself. They have to be set off to the side too. So it just takes up a huge amount of room. But it is such a good game. I mean, the Italians, at once again, bringing it home. But it is a beast to lay out. And that's Lorenzo El Magnifico. Yeah, I was going to say, the board isn't actually the, the biggest part on this. It's when everybody gets their player board going with the cards out to the side and all that mess. Yeah, it just it, it can get overwhelming on the table for sure. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. That's a good one. I know. That's why I picked it. All right, so the next one I'm going to talk about is a game about magic and illusions, and it is called Trickerian. So this game, actually the board is just like, uh, it might be a little bigger than a normal board, but the player boards on this are beasts. <laughs> so, So you have this huge player board that is essentially the size of some other game boards, and then you're going to have extra pieces that you can add on to the side of it to that could eventually double the size of your player board. So in front of you, you could maybe have two foot of player board. It's, it's huge and crazy. It's deep. There's tons of bits and pieces. Uh, you have this little uh, manual that you're flipping through that looks like a little brochure to give you all the cards that you need to know. There's just a ton of stuff on this table. And that's why I had to be on this list. And it's great. So if you don't know what this game is, it's a worker placement game, sort of. Yeah, it's a worker placement game. And you're going to you're gonna have workers that have different value of actions. So like your magician is the big dog. He's going to have three actions that he can do when you place him in a spot, which means he can take the action that you're going to. Each location will have different, different things you can do that cost so many action points. So if I send my magician, I'm going to get to do more than if I send my little like stagehand who has one action. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to gather these uh, these materials to make magic tricks. And then you're trying to go perform those magic tricks in the theater to score points, money, prestige, all that type of stuff. To have the most points at the end of like six rounds or something. There's other stuff going on, but that's the gist of it is making magic tricks and performing the tricks. So if you like magic, you like interesting themes, you like worker placement games, you want a game that takes off a huge amount of table... Tricurian's where it's at. Now, do the expansions have extra boards? I can't remember, like, the Dark Alley and stuff, or is that all fit on the regular board? Uh, the Dark Alley's on the back of the regular board, but the actual expansion that we backed on Kickstarter mm-hmm. that we haven't played yet actually has, I think, a couple more boards that each player will have. It it really is a lot of stuff. Like, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's a great game, and I think it's cool, but, like, even, like, that book that has all your tricks in it, and then, like your advertising that you can get like those cards are kind of big size. Like it's just, it, it's a commitment, but it is a really fun game. I love that game. Yep. So my final game is a beast literally and figuratively. And I really love this game and it looks really cool. And that is dinosaur Island by Pandasaurus games. Um, Life will find a way. Life will find a way. (laughs) Um, so, if you don't know Dinosaur Island, it is Jurassic Park without the IP. You are taking DNA, mixing them to make dinosaurs, putting them in your own park. Um, 
ver- like varying your types of dinosaurs to make your park exciting, but having enough security to keep people from dying from dinosaurs trampling them. You want to attract tourists, sell them stuff, sell them food, get everybody in there and keep the hooligans out. Um, but be- while doing that, you have your own huge player board. Like it, that player board is definitely the two player boards. Uh, yeah, two player boards. <laughs> I mean, yes. Because you've got a player board that keeps track of all your DNA types and how much you have and to mix them and everything. And then you've got the board that actually represents your park and also where, like, you mix the DNA and, like, you hire people. Those people don't even go on the board, do they? They're off to the side, too. Yeah, they're off to the side. So yeah. they, they that, in addition, is more space for you. So you've got all your employees and, like, PR people or whoever you hired to go off to the side of that board. And then the actions that you're choosing on your board, as well as where the dinosaurs go in their paddocks, um, you know, all your different little attractions and the people. Then you've got the main, uh, several different main boards where you put the um, dice for the different mixes of DNA and your scientists that go out there. Um, all the cards of that you can choose from to hire workers from to um get extra actions specialty actions from i and then all like the dinosaur bits and stuff because we bought all the extra like individually shaped dinosaurs because everyone knows i'm a sucker for the shaped meeple so there is just stuff everywhere (laughs) i mean but the game is so fun it's so worth it it just is a lot of 90s neon everywhere yeah and yeah and not only is is that player board big that everybody has you have to have a wide table because when you're setting out the cards that can be bought there's like three cards next to each single thing and it just like <laughs> yeah. keeps getting wider and wider it's terrible it's really hard to set this this game up it really is but it's totally worth it so my final choice is dinosaur island yeah i really do like this one this one might be the best example of a, a game that <laughs> takes up so much room just because that double player board is tough it's the first that, one i thought of tough. when i thought about games that take up a lot of room uh, yeah it, it's definitely one of the best examples all right so my last one that i want to talk about is another game that has a pamphlet for you to use to look up the actions that you can take and that game is called lisboa this is one of the, f- well, actually the legacy game, the Duke to Crashy game was the first one that I thought of after Dinosaur Island, and but this one was up there, and in this game, I put this on here because the player board that you have is huge. It's not two like Dinosaur Island, but it's really long. Fits all your stuff on it. You can put cards under it. Um, you can put your money on it. You can put tokens on it. It's just super big, and the board is like a six-panel board that is really long and really wide as well. Mm -hmm. So when you're setting this up on the table, if you're playing this with four players, you're going to need to put a leaf in your table or you're going to have some trouble. So this is a worker placement game, kind of. It's an action select. I don't know how to explain it. It's Vitalo Serta. You're sending (laughs) these people out to um, get favors from one of the three big dogs who are on the board to help rebuild the city of Lisboa. You're trying to produce goods to ship them off to score points. You're trying to earn favor with um, the town and get these in-game bonus cards. You're trying to get extra favors from these people so when someone takes an action, you can follow them to get more actions during the game. It's a beast of a game. It's 
I think it looks cool and it has some cool production, but it takes up a whole bunch of room in the table. So that is Lisboa, the last one I'm going to talk about. Yeah, the um, the the main board itself is really large because you've got the whole half that has your three nobles and then all the actions and stuff they've got going on with them and their own cards. And you've got the scoring track all the way around it. And then you've got all the different buildings and crap on the other side, like different. I, it's it's just huge. And then you're also managing cards in front of you, um, cards underneath the boats that are coming out too. Like there is just stuff everywhere. I mean, really, it's a it's a lot, and it all looks like Canadian money. <laughs> That's weird. Look. The loons, is that what it is? The loons? <laughs> not the loons. It, it looks like the the funny Monopoly money they give with, like, actual paper. I don't know what, Canadians, I don't know why we're picking on you. Like, again, you guys are great. I was just telling Jason today when we were watching the Blue Jackets game that I need to learn all the lyrics to O Canada because I, did, I don't know them. Not even the lyrics. I don't know the tune very well except the beginning. So I thought, how rude of me to not know the Canadian National Anthem. So, Canadians, you guys are great. Speaking of that, anybody who listens to this podcast that's Canadian, I want to know if there's a French anthem. Is there a French version of O Canada or is it always in English? I want to know that. Okay. No, I do. I'm serious. <laughs> I, want to know, I want to know that. I asked you that earlier. I want to know that. I know. I, I actually know someone who's French-Canadian. I should ask him. He doesn't listen to our podcast, though. I doubt it, actually. <laughs> Maybe he does. Matt, if you listen to this. Matt Cousineau. Oh, I guess... I guess I could ask Melanie, who called in and told her told us about some games one time. Yeah, she's Canadian. Yeah, okay. She may be French. She posts in French sometimes. <laughs> Guys, we are so terrible. This is this is America for you right here. This conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so to wrap it up, my uh. and like we have tons more table hall games. Like we really do have a lot of games that take up a lot of room. But the three that came to my mind first are Champions of Midgard, Lorenzo Il Magnifico, and Dinosaur Island. And mine are the Legacy, the Testament of Duke de Cresci, Tracurian, and Lisboa. So I know we've missed some in all of our talk about Canada. So if any of you Canucks or <laughs> Merkins out there, Yanks, um have any other games that you think man these are table hawks and actually probably a lot of the games that we don't play a lot of war games a lot of 4x games a lot of miniature games they tend to be quite large so i'm sure that there are many of you that have games that take up a lot of table room so tell us about them please comment on facebook join the riveted facebook group we'd love to have you it's a great environment nobody's being crazy we're all being sportive and talking about board games. Um, find us on Instagram, Twitter, and of course our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe. Um, we've had some good unboxings lately. Jason's always putting up great review content. And you know, if somebody who likes to do YouTube content, whose name may or may not be Tim, wanted to be a part of Board Game Mechanics, we could put his videos on there too. Wouldn't that be interesting? Um, and I've, I've been feeling guilty about not having as many videos on there myself. So I've been thinking maybe I need to start some kind of YouTube series myself for the board game mechanics. So if any of you think that's a good idea, <laughs> drop me a line and let me know. Otherwise, tell us about your table hog games. We'd love to hear from you. I think this has gone on quite long enough. 
Actually, it's pretty short, but yes, I agree. We can wrap it up. Well, not that. I just feel like we've said a lot of dumb stuff and it needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could probably talk about Canada for another couple minutes. <sighs> no, I don't want to insult the Canadians. <laughs> it's a beautiful country. Uh, yeah. All right. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Oh, Canada. Hey. Ah! Thank you.